This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. And once a day, you can play the BetMGM free-to-play BetMGM fast break for a chance to win daily prizes. You can play as the point guard and choose to pass to Kevin Garnett, maybe Jalen Rose, or take it yourself for a dunk. If you score, you get a prize. It's right there at the top. I've seen the logo, the little little emblem they have there. It's beautiful. Click on it. Play the game. Love it. Sometimes you got the free game. Sometimes you want to bet on games. Depends on how you're feeling. Now, Trista, as we know, sometimes the betting gods work on on our side. Sometimes the betting gods work against us. Now, you had the Pistons plus 12 and a half, right? It was 12 and a half, which was... Oh yeah, you're, I think you're muted. I'm gonna be honest with you. You may have uh, may have been muted there. Let's yes. See. Yes. There you go. I was. She's back. All right, we got it. We got it. That being said, the Knicks win 113-111 over the Pistons. Uh, the betting gods were on my side. Thank God we all go through this. Where I thought I was gonna lose by the hook, instead I win by the hook over 13 and a half rebounds and assists for Josh Hart. Ding ding ding. Came in with eight and six. But the last few seconds of this game. We mentioned it just before we went to break. The game just went final. Was absolute chaos at Madison Square Garden. We've got the audio. This is what it sounded like on MSG. Fontecchio looking to help. Brunson, three-pointer. Off the mark. Rebound deflected. Chased down. Saved by Grimes to Fontecchio. Knocked away. Hartenstein picks it up. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds to go. He throws it away. Loose picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Hearts banks it in. And a foul. Knicks take the lead. Monty Williams is furious. An unbelievable finish. The Knicks end up getting the three-point play. They win it 113-111 over the Pistons. Your Pistons still cover. Josh Hart still goes over 13 and a half. But, yeah, Josh Hart's That's offensive crazy. rebound with 1.1 seconds left was the difference in that game. So this is what I will say. We all get nervous and we get in those moments, but you never know until that bet is actually final. You don't know. No. So we take deep breaths, right? We've learned it. Sometimes it's good, right, Trista? Sometimes we don't ring the bell until the bet is final because we don't want to piss off Cannot the betting smite gods. the they, betting gods. <laughs> do not smite Cannot the smite betting them. gods. Ever. <laughs> I know so, I've yeah, learned my lesson. I know. Well, listen, we all have. Let's be honest. We've all gotten a little overconfident before, and you think something's set. So sometimes it's a sweat. Sometimes it takes the last second. I was hoping for overtime in that. We've all been in these spots before. But, hey, listen, we both come out on top with our bets in that game, and that's what matters. I love when everybody's a winner on this show, we're all happy. We've won bets tonight, Ashu. We won Detroit yeah. plus 12, under 233. Uh, Cade Cunningham, over 20 and a half. Uh, we won... What else did we win? Or something else? That was it. That's the main one. And then your yeah, Josh I'm Hart, still sitting here. Uh, rebounds yeah. and assists. Josh Hart was good. We're gonna lose uh, the. I'm still waiting on Vin- I'm I'm yeah Vince Williams. I need two more assists from him to go over six and a half. That was at plus money. 
I don't know if he's going to get back out on the court because it's a massive blowout right now. And I mean, everybody's a bench player at this point for the Grizzlies, but it's like they've got the bench of the bench out there playing. So I'm a little bit worried about uh, a little bit worried about where that goes. But again, you can't win all these every single. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, no. Luke Kennard. I need one more three from him. So, all right. I still got some sweats going on in this uh, this Grizzlies Nets game right now, which is never pretty when the team that you have props in is getting their asses kicked, which is exactly what's going on right now. Yeah, dude. I uh, I'm done. That's a dead bet. Memphis plus two is dead. Uh, we've got yeah. Gigi Jackson has four points. His number was thirteen and a half. But overall, <laughs> uh, just a really good beat on the Knicks and how bad they are without all their guys. I'm sorry. I, I do like the Knicks, but uh, it's going to yeah. fade the Knicks season until their guys come back. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're not you're not wrong with that. I, I think this is it's kind of one of those things where it's starting to feel like it's caught up to them because for a while they weren't. Uh, like, they were still kind of exceeding the expectations with all of the injuries they were dealing with. But there's a certain point where you can only sustain that so much. And you're getting to the point now where you're, you're starting to see them. They look worn down. They look like a team that just can't. I mean, again, they should be putting away the Pistons. Jalen Brunson put up 35 and 12, but they still only win by two. You know, like, it's just right. it, Jalen Brunson can't do it all. It's just not going to be enough. Josh Hart was great, though. 23 points, eight rebounds, six assists. I mean, he was, I mean, getting him at the deadline last year, was it's not always about getting stars for teams, right? NFL, NBA doesn't really matter, but it's getting players that fit certain roles and help build a certain culture. And you're like, people joke about the Villanova culture with the culture with the Knicks, but like, it's working. That's a winning program right there, and you got a lot of guys that know exactly what to do in these types of situations. No, no doubt. And and the Villanova connection is huge. Bringing in a guy that's a culture guy is huge. Like like Tibbs. He set the culture, and they found guys that work with his system. Tibbs obviously is a is a coach that you need to build a team around. You can't just bring anybody in and then hope that he's not going to wear guys down because he does. He grinds them into dust. But Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, Jalen Brunson, they're not going to turn to dust. Mikel Bridges, if they were to somehow scheme and get him, he's not going to turn to dust. You can't just find any old body like Kevin Knox though and think that he's going to work out just because he's athletic Kevin Knox is one of the names that I wish you would never mention again uh, I'm sorry don't talk about him that was that Remember was somebody got they should Fournier? have never drafted <laughs> well they got rid of him at least too. he, did, he yeah, didn't he really did. have a revenge game though what do you finish with uh, the revenge game for Evan Fournier against the Knicks seven points there you go Quentin Grimes had 14 though so there's that <laughs> right yeah. Exactly. You know, I saw you tweet this act. I saw you tweet this and I feel like you're you're very down on your Blazers right now. Do you not like the way the rebuild started with them? I like the way it started. I don't like what it's like right now. I mean, when we yeah. when we're down 25 points, when the Blazers are down 20 points in the beginning of the game against a team that has won 14 games on the year without their marquee point guard in LaMelo Ball. I mean, it's just not a fun scenario. They were they were three for thirty four from three last night. Three for thirty four. Yeah. We were one of the best three point shooting teams in the NBA with Damian Lillard on them. Anthony Simons has been horrible. Scoot has been injured. Shaden has been injured. I'm not so sure what's up with DeAndre Ayton. He's been okay last ten games, but what is he really? What is he gonna be? The Malcolm Brogdon trade, don't love that. He's injury prone. Rob Williams immediately hurt his knee, which 
did anyone see coming? Everyone saw coming. Malcolm Brogdon injury mm-hmm. prone. Everyone saw that coming. Like that trade doesn't make any sense. Like hopefully those picks work out. But ultimately, no, Ashu, I'm not having a good time right now. We've been tanking for three <laughs> straight years. Three straight years. If there's anybody that knows what it's like to be a fan of teams that are just continuously tanking, it's me. So I can help you through any of these stages of grief you're going through. You just let me know, and I'll work you through it, and we'll we'll get through it together. It's not easy, but we can we can do this little by little. This is the worst we've been. Better. This is the worst we've been in my entire lifetime. Did you know that? It's the worst we've ever been in my lifetime. That seems yeah, because I mean even. Like even going back to the Jailblazers, I mean they were still a, they had a lot of talent. They were good teams. It's yeah, I'm trying to think of when the Blazers were really like a bad bad team. Um, they were when would it be? Like what, 41, 41 and forty one with the Jailblazers, and that was yeah. You know we had Darius Miles and Ruben Patterson right. and Zach Randolph and Damon Stoudemire, Bonzi Wells. Like there were still players on that team. Yeah, this is yeah by far the worst. 27 and 55 in 0405 that's bad. Yeah. 21 and 61 in 0506. We're not going to get to 21 wins this year. No shot. No yeah. chance. Who was on those I'm rosters those see. two years? Like okay, I can't even think go. of what those rosters were. Cuz that right, was so post Scotty 21... Pippen, right? Yeah. So the 21 and 61, we had Steve Blake Juan Dixon, Marilyn God, Jarrett Jack. Oh, uh, let's oh. look. Travis Outlaw, Joel Prisbilla, Zebo, oh. Zach Randolph, Theo Ratliff. We, I mean, we were oh, going man. nowhere. Sebastian Telfair, Ooh, yeah. Martel Webster. These were like the names. These aren't even the guys that are bad. Like we had Hung Haj Sung Jin, Brian Skinner, Sergey Monia. Wow, I forgot about Sergey Monia. That was Victor a bad team. Kervakpa. At least we have players that I'm excited about. At least this yeah. is a young building team. And uh, Nate McMillan was our head coach who had us walking the ball up every single time we got the ball. You know what I will say, though? Steve Blake and Juan Dixon had better careers in the NBA than I ever anticipated. I did not think they would have the careers they even had. Yeah. I thought they were like great college players that get to the league play a few years, see a few minutes, and then they're out. And they were way better than what I expected. Yeah, I like Steve Blake. He was actually fun. Joel Prisbilla actually was a decent player, too. Actually was a Mm -hmm. decent player. And then the 05 team, or the 04 team that won 27 games, we had Gino Carlisle, Derek Anderson, Maurice Baker. I mean, this is, these are gross wow. teams. At least, like, you look at our team yeah. now, there's some names on there. DeAndre Ayton, first pick overall. Like, you have mm-hmm. some guys. It's just not fun yeah. to watch. It's gross. No. No. But at least it's it's a rebuild that has direction. I think there's a difference between that and just a team that is avoiding the full rebuild and they're just throwing out any whoever they can out there on the field, on the court, whatever. If it's the NFL, you get the same thing. And then they have no direction. And you go, okay, well, you don't have a blueprint. Like, I look at the Titans this year, right? The Titans were a team, right? We said it before the season. It was, what exactly is their plan? Like, you don't, you're not rebuilding, but you're not a contender anymore. Your quarterback is a major concern. Your running back is going to be 30 years old. What are you exactly? So, I think it's harder to be a fan of a team that's in that kind of 
purgatory than where you are, where you're like, all right, it's a full rebuild for us, but you got some young talent, you've got some direction, and you at least have an idea of where you're going to go moving forward. Yeah, and I think everybody's looking forward to trying to get Alex Saar, another Frenchman, in the draft and hope that he turns into something and then hope that 2025 is a good draft and that we can get somebody that can help us. I mean, we need some wings. I am a little bit sad, and I did a podcast today about my apologies to Brandon Miller. I apologize to Brandon Miller. <laughs> good for you. Brandon Miller you know has what? been I, I really that. good. I respect that. You have you have my man Tony Jones out here talking about how they should trade LaMelo Ball because that's how good the Brandon Miller's been. That was yeah. an insane take. Yeah. I, you can't, I wouldn't you can go only that have far. one good player. You can only have one good player in right. your team. That's like that's the right. rules for the Charlotte Hornets. You can only have one marquee star. You got to trade them all away. That's why we got rid of Terry Rozier. That's why we got rid of Gordon Hayward. We can't have anybody worth their salt on the team. It's either LaMelo or it's Brandon Miller. Everyone has to choose a side. That's crazy. Yeah, I Brandon Miller, listen, he's 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 the He's that type of player that every team wants in today's NBA, right? Like he's a long wing that can shoot, he can defend, and I like I I get it with you. Like I know what your criticisms were, and I think they were valid in terms of like you know footwork. He's a little bit slow. There's some things that you saw there, but like that type of stuff can be, it can be fixed. It can be worked on if you're going to put that work in, right? It's like Jaden Daniels. I look at Jaden Daniels because I'm seeing him getting mocked to Washington a lot now, and I'm sitting here going. First off, I want Caleb Williams. I'd love Caleb Williams. They're going to have to trade up. That's a whole other situation, whether or not they do it. But I look at Jaden Daniels, and I say, he's 6'4", dude's athletic. He's the what you kind of want in a quarterback today, being able to get out of the pocket. But he is, he's thin. And that concerns me. Yes. But you can add that weight. Like, you can add that weight. So, like, to me, I'd rather take the athleticism and some of the physical intangibles if like in whatever right in today's game NBA NFL whatever yeah. like is really needed and then you can kind of work on some of the other things you can get quicker you can get stronger you can you know so i think that's kind of where a lot of teams are where they go and say okay what's the thing that we can't teach and then the things that we can work on whether it's something physical we get with the trainers and then we go from there no doubt have you been watching dynasty cuz i have I actually haven't. I've heard it's good, though. There's so many things I gotta oh, watch. There's long list. It's so long good. List. You're watching, I mean, because you get to see the entire beginning of the the dynasty that is the Patriots. And boy, oh yeah. boy, do I love, I have really, and listen, you don't put, put, don't put me in front of someone and meet them and have a good interaction because I'm probably going to be loyal to them till the day I die now. That's why I can't be a beat reporter. I'd, I'd be like still stumping yeah. for players who have no business stumping <laughs> for. I am now, I am now like, I think I love, I think I love Tom Brady. I saw, I met him. We got in the same green room for 25 whole minutes, shared a stage with him for about 45 seconds and a cup of coffee. And he per flashed his pearly light, uh, whites at me, gave me a hug, took a picture with them, and now I'm now uh, I'm like, oh, Patrick Mahomes will never live up to Tom Brady, and <laughs> who cares that he won so much? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Let that man win uh, every damn time. Tom Brady charmed you with his smile, and the rest is history. That's all you needed, He's Trista. You saw the He's smile. He's worth every like, penny from Fox, it. Nick. Worth every penny. I, there you go. I get it, though, because you watch some of these behind the scenes and get to know a player. Like, I watched the Jason Kelsey thing on Amazon, 
and you're like, I love Jason Kelsey. He's better than Travis Kelsey. Way more fun. Love it. It's Bet MGM tonight. So I'm seeing now on Twitter, Monty Williams is going off after the Pistons lost 113-111 to the Knicks in a, a wild last-second play. If we can get that audio, I think we should probably play it because I'm watching it. I don't have it, but I've got it on one of my screens here. And you you know, Tristan, you know you can watch somebody. You don't have to, like, hear what they're saying. You just watch the body language and the animation, and you go, they're going off. That's what Monty Williams is doing right now. Yeah, Monty Williams needs to watch his buns because I tell you what, you look at uh, Duncan Smith, a national NBA reporter. National. Duncan Smith. I forget who Duncan Smith started out with. I thought he was at WAPO at one point. Anyway, he covers the Pistons now, too. And it's his tweet is, Monty Williams is malicious. Troy Weaver, the GM of the Pistons, is incompetent. Tom Gorez, the owner, is a drunk. These are simply very very difficult oh. obstacles to overcome if you seek to be a competent sporting organization. My God. Whew. My God. Oh, well, listen, I mean, they hired Monty Williams, and at one point he was the highest-paid coach in the NBA. It wasn't that long before, you know, he was surpassed, but the expectations, and I'd argue even the talent that that Pistons team has versus what we've seen on the court is, I mean, they are not living up to those expectations at all. Uh, do we have it now? I'm seeing that we, you guys do have it. I know he just spoke a second ago, but I would love to play this. Yes, we got it. All right. Here was Monty Williams after the Knicks beat the Pistons 113-111 with a wild finish that included a three-point play, turnover. Uh, Josh Hart was able to get the bucket to get the Knicks the win. Here's how Monty Williams felt after the game. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. And then he gets up, Woo. and he leaves. Whew. He said, where's the New York media now, too? That's where he started the press conference. <laughs> that was on Valley say, Sports Detroit there. Yeah. I yeah. I was just going to say, I think that Monty Williams needs to understand that when you're the Detroit Pistons and you're the absolute worst NBA franchise that we've seen maybe in history – at one point, mm -hmm. you led history with most consecutive losses. You're not going to get uh, many calls from the league. Just not. They don't trust you. They don't believe in you. They don't care about you winning. I think that is exactly what he doesn't want to understand, but should understand. Because it's all like, listen, I, I get annoyed and really sick and tired of people that think, you know, things are scripted or the like we can joke about the NFL's got a script but these people that like really believe that it's scripted you're an idiot like it's just that's that's not how this works but i do side with people that say hey 
certain stars or teams get calls that other teams don't. That absolutely happens. I won't argue that with anybody. We see it. And that is a that's exactly what goes on with the Pistons. They are one of, and like you said, at one point they were going through a stretch where they were the worst team in the history of the NBA. You ain't getting calls that you want, Monty Williams. You don't have any stars on that roster that are going to get it. There's not enough credibility for that team. There's not enough respect for that team. You have to earn that respect. Now, refs, you hope, will call a fair game. But if something is kind of 50-50, if something is, uh, right, tie goes to the runner, you ain't the runner in that case. Thousand percent. Exactly right. You're not going to get respect when you're the laughing stock of the NBA. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if your rookie, Asar, got tackled on the legs. The truth is the New York Knicks are fighting for their lives right now just to stay in the standings. Uh, If they lose a game to the Detroit Pistons, it means a lot. If the Pistons lose to the Knicks, it means nothing. In fact, it means they're one step closer to a better pick in the draft. So just you're not establishing any culture, Monty Williams. You're making no sense. You're playing Evan Fournier. You gave Mike Muscala a DNP again for like the third straight game. You're telling us one thing in the media, and then you're doing another thing. You sat Jaden Ivey to start the season. We had no idea why. Killian Hayes had to be removed from the team just so that you could stop giving him minutes instead of giving them to Jaden Ivey. You are quite literally effing this whole thing up and then complaining when the fruits of your labor uh, do not turn out the way that you want them. You are an absolute disaster. Jaden Ivey with 14 points tonight. Back in the starting lineup again, obviously, for them too. But, I mean, yeah, he's all over the place, right? 14-8, uh, Goes out there, 3.6 assists a game over the last five. He's been, yeah, all over the place. It just feels like when you watch this – I'll be honest with you, Trista. I, I watch this Pistons team, and I, I see a team that's way more – like. Obviously, they're a bad team, but they're talented enough where they should be in that spot where we're going, where the Magic were last year, I think is the best way to put it, right? Where you go, okay, Young, taking that next step, or you don't expect them to win a lot of games, but they're competitive. They look like a team that has direction. People have their roles. It just looks like it's, like, I don't know, is he just throwing darts at a wall and just guessing? Weird. Like, throwing a bunch of scenarios up there? And, like, it just feels like there's no direction to a Pistons team that's actually, like, pretty talented. They've done a decent job of drafting over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, they've done okay. I think <laughs> I think the entire You're not a big fan of Jaden Ivey, though, are you? I feel like you're not a big fan no. of Jaden Ivey. Yeah. That draft was not great. Also, the Tyrese Halliburton slip up right he wanted to go to Detroit he would have been awesome in Detroit um I I don't know how I feel about Kate Cunningham the roster has just been not constructed in a way that makes much sense and they held on to Boyan Bogdanovich for way too long they could have gotten a Mm -hmm. reportedly two first round picks for him they end up getting Quentin Grimes who knows why they're playing Marcus Sasser a little bit they're not like that was a good draft pick but their lottery picks largely have been Absolutely terrible. Trading for James Wiseman made no sense when you have Jalen Duran on this team. And at one point, uh, you had somebody else. Who was it? It was uh, Marvin Bagley Jr. So I don't know why they had mm-hmm. him and Jalen Duran and James Wiseman. It, it just, Oscar Thompson, he's got like one of the worst three point shots in NBA history, as does his brother. 
they just don't make any sense, like roster wise. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't love them. I don't love them. Yeah, I think I'm higher on the Pistons in terms of what they have and some of that core than you are. But I like Cade Cunningham. I think Jalen Duran has been really good this year for them. But he's not, you know, he's a guy that's going to go out and get you double doubles. But he's not going to be necessarily a star. And I think Jaden Ivey still has the potential to be somebody that can go out there and be kind of one of those scoring guards. But they're a mess. The Pistons are an absolute disaster. And mess. you know, I just it, it's clearly not going to change at all. Though I wonder. Since uh, now you're all in on Tom Brady, having watched the Tom Brady documentary, if the Pistons had something like that, I don't know, maybe you'd kind of get in on that and you like Monty Williams more and you'd be all in on that. Maybe that's all it takes, right? We just give you a little, all you, I need you get the human dinner. side, right? <laughs> all I need is a dinner. I can't be around anyone because I just can't. I would be such a horrible beat reporter. The more inside I am, the worse I am at deciphering the truth. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes people get yeah. inside and they've got real information. All I need mm -hmm. is logic and a couple of phone numbers. The more close I am to the situation, the more I'm going to start making excuses up for people who don't know how to do their jobs. And I'll feel bad. For example, here's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. I know Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard knows me. We used to follow each other online. We've spent time with one another in groups of friends. And it killed me to crush him and make fun of him and his agency for his trade request to Miami. And I went after it over and over. And you know what? He got really sad and he asked me about it. Wow, this is really how you feel? And I was like, no, I don't feel like that, Damian Lillard. I want you to win a ring. And I don't want him to win a ring, win a ring. but I feel bad. Like I still think about it all the time. Like maybe I shouldn't have said that. I can't have personal relationships with anyone at all. Keep me away from the fray. Just keep me on the mic by myself in this little room where I can speak the truth without fear of hurting anyone's feelings or their personal relationship with me ruining my cogent brain. I think it's it, somebody that is a beat reporter or just, you know, breaks news, right? Like I look at like Woj and Shams, these guys that have no lives. This is all they do. They're literally like tweeting about guys getting 10-day contracts in the NBA on a Sunday afternoon, and you're like, okay, like we don't even really need that information, but you do it. But they're plugged in with everything. You got to want to do it, and you got to love to do it. Like that's got to be the thing that you do. I've learned over the years because I've never been on the beat of a team. I've covered teams, but like not like locally in D.C., but like not covered them in terms of just that team. I've done post-game shows, like that kind of stuff, right? Interviewed players, done all that. I've learned that when you are not actually a reporter, right, when you host a show or you do like kind of what we do, people are actually willing to talk to you more and tell you things that they wouldn't tell a reporter because they're afraid that you're going to then go and tweet it or you're going to go and try and break that news as opposed to, I just want context. When I talk to people, just like when you talk to people, right, you're getting context, real behind the scenes of what's going on with a certain story. But you do then have that, you know, human aspect that gets mixed in there that you have to sometimes separate. I, I don't I don't think I've ever really been personal and gone after somebody on a personal level. I try not to do that. I don't think I've ever done that. But I won't, like, those types of situations, right, where you talk about Dame. Like, you were a fan of that team, and you were a fan of him, but you're also in this industry. So there's an emotional connection there, but there's also the big picture that you looked at too, and you were angry about it. And I like I get that. I've pissed off the Redskins when they were the Redskins before. Not as much. Not like I've I've made teams angry. God, the 
Capitals and Wizards. I don't know the Wizards. I know they've been mad at me before. Like, you know, the stuff you say, like, you get it. But you also, it's because, like, you want to see this team win or you want to see this team succeed. So there is a personal connection that's there. But what I think makes this good, and, like, even though you didn't like that situation with Dame, right, is, like, that's, like, real. Like, that's honest. You know what I mean? Like, we don't come on this show and make up a bunch of BS. Like, this is actually how we feel about stuff. And if it's our team specifically, it's why I love when we talk about our teams, good or bad, or, you know, when we're dealing with a sweat in the middle, you know, middle of a game, and it's like, that's personal. That's every single person that is a sports fan. Whether you bet on games, whether you don't, you just love sports, everybody's been in that situation. And that, to me, is like the ultimate deep down, like, honesty that you're going to get from this type of situation. So I get that that whole thing is, like, hard, but I think that's the right way to approach it. You know what I mean? Like, if you really felt that way, say it. Like, in the end, say it. That's okay. Well, and you know me, I'm always trying to make people laugh, too, so I put extras on stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, you know, Dame. We'll miss Dame. We love Dame. He's done so much for our franchise, Dame. And all that's true. And they're like, you know, we're all just rooting for him in his next destination. And we'll be happy if he wins a ring somewhere else. And I said, you know what? That is not me. I will not root, I will not root for that. I am actually, in fact, rooting against that. And did I need to say it? I don't know, but I do feel that way. I do. As a person, as a human, mm -hmm. succeed. Enjoy yeah. your life. I hope you reach every personal and professional goal, except for when it smites my team that I grew up rooting for, my first sports team I ever even had knowledge of, Clyde Drexler mm -hmm. and the Rip City Portland Trailblazers, the little pinwheel. If you're messing with the pinwheel, I'm coming for you. I'm coming. That's a real fan. Like, you care about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's there. Look, listen, I have certain teams that I haven't even felt that emotion towards. Exactly. You know, Dallas. In years. You know, like, Dallas. yeah. Like, well, that's nothing. how I feel about the commanders, right? Like, hell, we've gone through two name changes. It's been a complete disaster. But now I'm the most excited about this team that I've been in a long, long time. I, I want to be emotionally connected to my team. And anybody, too, that's in our industry that's like, I'm not a fan of a team. I'm unbiased. Screw you. You're a liar. You grew up as a sports fan. You loved some teams at some point. You have memories. The reason why you got in this is because you love sports. You have a connection to something. Don't let anybody tell you that they're not a fan of a team and they're unbiased. And they're If you're a reporter or play-by-play, -play, fine. Like you're unbiased in, those, in the specific situation, whatever. Everybody's a sports fan. We all have a connection to something. That's the root of sports. That's it. So you're awesome. not wrong in that sense. Yeah, you're not wrong to feel in that way. Also, if you are like that and you really don't have a rooted interest in anything happening in sports, are you dead inside? Do you actually hate your job? Did the did the soul get spilled out of you as they've told you to not root in the press box and you've been scared to clap at any good thing that you enjoy, even if it's not for your team, even if it's just something fun like Kyler Murray rolls out and runs for 35 yards and you're too afraid to be like, woo, you can't do that. You can't emote. You're dead inside. Choose another career. Go into archaeology archaeology or paleontology any one of those now i will say though the press box that it, it is that is a sacred so thing stupid. you can't be cheering in the so press stupid. box i get that but anything other than that true, man everybody's a fan of something yeah bet mgm the night
Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. That's one of the best quotes, Krista, from uh, Leonard. You know we get a lot of quotes there. He was in a press conference, and somebody said, hey, what's gone into uh, this season for you? Or you been able to play all these games? And he goes, not tearing my ACL, not tearing my meniscus, and then that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's true. He just didn't get hurt, so he's, he's been- playing more games. That's a good start unfairly maligned Kawhi Leonard honestly the whole load management thing was built because of him and the TV rights deals that they were trying to negotiate the NBA with um, you know all these different broadcast partners but Kawhi Leonard in general isn't trying to miss games he's just trying to keep his broken busted down body from breaking down anymore I'll tell you what I think people forget that it was just – I mean, again, look, he's had some injuries recently, so that's that's been an issue. But, like, we were talking about him being the next LeBron. I mean, he was in the conversation of best player in the NBA. We were talking about him being league MVP. I mean, he's won two finals MVPs, right. but league MVP. I mean, he dragged that Raptors team until really the NBA finals, maybe a little bit at the end of the conference finals, dragged them by himself to that title. I mean – Kyle Lowry kind of figured things out at the end, but, like, it was Kawhi by himself. We watched him even last year in the playoffs before he got hurt with the Clippers. I mean, he was playoff Kawhi again. So I really want to see what this Clippers team actually looks like in the playoffs if they can stay fully healthy. I Like, I have no rooting interest. I don't have any – like, I have no futures. There's no tickets whatsoever on the Clippers winning a title. I know Ryan does, and I get it. But, like – just to see what this team looks like healthy with James Harden playing the way that he's playing, they have a chance to I mean, they have a chance to legitimately win an NBA title. Yeah, dude, and that would be worth it for Steve Ballmer and everything they're doing. You see what they've done even today. They've put out a new jersey, a new logo, they've got a new stadium coming. They extended Kawhi, they're gonna extend Paul George, they trade for Harden. They'll probably uh they'll probably also extend Harden as well if they go deep into this playoff so yeah we kind of all want to know what they look like it'd be like if we could go back and see what the Nets were like with Harden KD and Kyrie I just want to know what's possible I just want to know what's possible that's all the Nets and that big three that played what total of 20 something games together 16 games is one of the, one of the greatest what ifs in NBA history like it's up there with Kobe and Shaq staying together and Shaq not getting traded to the Heat. It, that, to me, is... Like, I don't know if I... I would probably put that up there in the top three or four in terms of the greatest NBA what-ifs of all time. I can't think of many that would be higher. I'd, I mean, there's, a, like, there's guy, there's, like, individual players I could throw in there, like a Greg Oden, right? Like, what would Greg Oden have been like if he was healthy? Or Brandon Roy. I know, I'm sorry, it's two Blazers, but, like, those are two sorry. players that I think people don't understand. Like, Brandon Roy, when he was healthy, was absolutely incredible but in terms of like teams or like a grouping of players Kobe and Shaq and then probably Nets big three for those 16 games is right up there at the top of some of the biggest what ifs sorry I had to mute my mic I had uh, some I don't know if it's water or something in my throat but so I didn't want to (laughs) cough right in your ear so I muted myself no the the what if situations are some of the best in sports the the like those moments those sliding glass door moments you know, and mm-hmm. what would have happened if Kawhi didn't hit that shot against the 76ers? Do they yeah. keep Jimmy Butler? Do they, 
you know, get rid of Tobias Harris and or Ben Simmons? What happens? You know, what if Penny Hardaway doesn't get hurt? What if Shaq decides to stay? What if Shaq and Kobe mm-hmm. stay together? What if the Hornets never mm-hmm. trade Kobe? There's so many of them. What if the Timberwolves draft Steph Curry with one of their two first round picks? Yeah. <laughs> there's, I mean, yeah, Flynn? there's certainly a, yeah. Oh, that's right. I got it. it was Johnny Flynn who, it, it, to their credit though, Johnny Flynn was, it was okay. It wasn't Steph. I, I will say this though. People, look, there was nobody expected Steph to be as good as he was when he came out and came into the league. So there is that. But you're right. Like that, we could go and go on like endless amounts of like what ifs for these guys. And I mean, that's, you know, some of it, that's what sucks about the NBA. Again, like I said, I mentioned two Blazers for you, but like, what if the Blazers had drafted Michael Jordan instead of Sam Bowie? What if the Blazers had drafted Kevin Durant instead of Greg Oden? But, like, they drafted Oden because at the time people thought Greg Oden was going to have a better career and players at that point. Like, you wanted bigs that played like Greg Oden. And so it's like you have to go back to those times for some of those. But, yeah, it's tough, man. But, like, I, the Clippers right now, plus 475 to win the title. It's only the Celtics and Nuggets that have shorter odds than them. They're the, they're the second – yeah, second – they're barely behind the Nuggets at plus 250 to win the West. And for the first time – in a very, very long time, I actually believe in this Clippers team. I really do, man. I look at them and say, you got depth, you got balance, you got guys figuring out their roles, and if they can stay healthy, you've got really everything you could ask for, including coaching. Ty Lue is a great coach. And you I mean, you mentioned him at 9-1 to one to win Coach of the Year. He's not going to win it, but he should be in consideration for it. With the way that he's gotten this team after it started from the James Harden trade to where they are now, you watch this and go, yeah, they are a true championship contender. Though I will say, I don't know how I feel about the new logo. It's just kind of like a ship, and it looks kind of dumb. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what it means, honestly, Ashu. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I Honestly, I was, was looking at it at a stoplight, and I was like, this is the most nondescript Kirkland logo <laughs> I've is. ever seen. I don't – what is it supposed to be? Well, it says – as Scott says, it's actually a clipper, which is a – but it doesn't look like – isn't a clipper like an old ship, though? Like, clip – let's see. I'm going to Google it. Clipper's new logo. I need to see it right in front of my face here right now. Like, it's – it just looks – again, a lot of things – Yeah, like, it just – I'll be honest with you. Here's what I see. First off, the circular logos, like – for the jerseys I do like. The jerseys are simple. The red one looks good. I like those. I'm cool with those. Not a huge fan. The, the script is like, that's kind of played out, but that's like their heritage. Fine. The The issue that I have with the Clippers' new logo is that it just looks like a cruise ship. It looks like yep. a cruise ship in a circle. I see a cruise ship. That's what I see. It looks like a place you're likely to get COVID. Yeah, like that's... I mean, it's, it's, that's all that it is. It's a giant cruise ship. And really, their past logo, where it actually had clippers and it had the red and then the blue lines on the top and bottom, just looked like the old NBA Live logo. Like, they copied that. So, really, they haven't had any original branding in a really, really long time. I get it. They're going to have a new arena. They're going to be the, – they're really – they're the better They're the better team than the Lakers right now, but the Lakers are still the bigger brand. The jerseys are fine. I'm cool with them. But the logo just looks – it looks like somebody's kid designed it. And you just sitting there going, well, is it a cruise ship? Is it like, I, I don't, I thought Clippers were like sailboats, weren't they? Scott, help me out here. You put something in the in the text or in the chat about a Clipper. Like, isn't that what it is? Like, I, it's supposed to be like a sailboat. Like, I don't get it. What is it, Scott? Like, 
Are you, you seem to know something I don't about this. No, I, I know nothing, uh, ultimately speaking. I, I do believe, yeah, the Clippers are from yesteryear and that they were a yeah. a, a big old sailboat type thing, yes. And, and yeah. it does, it's, it's, it's a cool logo. It actually looks like more like a shark type thing, doesn't it? It's, but then when you yes. look closer, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, it looks like the love boat or something. It's like the front it's of a the boat instead of the side. I guess they That's wanted the key. that. Yes. Yeah, it's the front. It looks like it's it's facing straight on. Apparently, also the court where you look at it, the N on Los Angeles is right in the middle of the court, facing due north. So, I don't care about that. I don't know about you guys, but I really <laughs> could not care less about that feature. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture of it now, and it's just yeah, like the court. And again, courts, I don't need a court to be overly crazy. I just can't get over the uh, – I guess if it didn't look like a cruise ship, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But I just see something that looks nondescript and kind of just awkward, and it's just a cruise ship kind of coming at me, and it's not an actual clipper, which was supposed to be what they were named after. I would have just changed the name. Again, like what history do the Los Angeles Clippers actually have with that name? Nothing. Especially considering that there's no history around L.A. and the Clipper. Also, uh, one of our fine yeah. folks in the back asked whether what was worse, L.A. Clippers logo or Rams logo. I'm going to say the Clippers logo. The Rams logo is not great, but at, at least I can see the like homage to the Ram horn. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the Rams logo, but it is way, way better than what the Clippers put out. I mean, they really – it just – yeah, it just looks like – look, I get it. We've seen rebranding a lot. I've certainly been front and center with it with my my football team. People aren't going to be happy. But there are certain points – you know where you can at least say, like, okay, they put some thought into it? There's no thought into this, it feels like, with the Clippers. It just looks like – it doesn't even match what the ship is supposed to be. But you know what? In the end, if they win a title, who cares? And I've always said this about even the Commanders, right? You can make fun of the name all you want. The Commanders actually become a legit football team, and they're winning. People aren't going to care about the name anymore. They don't give a damn because you associate the name with the team, not what the name actually represents. So the Clippers, you'll think of a basketball team that's winning NBA titles if they're actually able to do it. No doubt. This is a team that's going to be really fun to watch play against the Nuggets. The, uh, Scott says that the L.A. connection is from when the franchise moved from Buffalo, the Buffalo Braves, to San Diego mm -hmm. Clippers, and they were renamed out of respect for the Clippers in the San Diego Bay. Well, it's like the Los Angeles Lakers. There's not a lot of lakes in L.A., but uh, they kept it that way when they moved from Minneapolis. So the Utah Jazz, uh, there's no jazz like there is in New Orleans, but they kept the name. So, I, I you know, here's what I think. I think we should be better about renaming teams when the name doesn't make sense if you relocate somewhere. Like, can we just be a little bit better about that? Fine, the Las Vegas Raiders can be called the Raiders. It's not like it's, you know, Oakland or Los Angeles. Like, it's not like the name Raiders is synonymous with just them. But if we're talking Utah Jazz, if we're talking, Come on. you know, L.A. Lakers. But again, you think Give about the back. Lakers now and all you think about is the team. Yeah, 10,000 lakes in Minneapolis. It made sense there. Stupid now. Whatever. No lakes Portland in Los Angeles. I don't know what a... What would a trailblazer... What's a trailblazer? Oh, that's like Just the Oregon Trail. Come on now. Boring. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? No. Yeah. That's yeah, it's like, a little, you know, it's like it's the wagon. We need a wagon. Did you play that game when you were a Dysentary. kid? Dysentery. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> you know I did. Everybody loved it.
Yeah. Well, meanwhile, my team's named after Pants, the Knickerbockers. So, I mean, like, let's be honest. Trailblazers is a better name. Pinwheel, baby. Pinwheel. Pinwheel. Pinwheel all day. So, yeah. Yes, thanks, Scott. Lewis and Clark. I know. It's why it made sense for them. It doesn't make sense for all of these. But, you know, I'll take the Rams logo over the Clippers new logo. But Clippers win. It's all that really matters. All right. We're back tomorrow. Bet MGM tonight.